We are live here today on location at the beautiful new number one Cochrane Chevrolet in Butler Township. It's right here, actually, in Cranberry, Zillianope. I'm not sure what address actually applies, but it's easy to find off the Evans City exit. And these are the final days of the Spring for a New Car event. So double down. Don't miss your last chance to get special Chevy buying lease offers. Plus, you'll get an extra $1,000 over KBB for your trade. Come on out to number one Cochrane Chevrolet in Cranberry. It's a great new space. They're waiting with open arms for you to come in. As Dakota, our friend, just came in and said hi, and hopefully he bought a car. If not, uh, you know, we'll work on that. 412-928-9370 is the number to Carl. Uh, John Bridge is behind the glass. He'll be taking your phone calls before you get to me. We certainly have a lot to get into today, and I want to begin with the Penguins, who last night... Uh, Lost a game that I was not surprised they lost. I mean, they had been on the road. They had played some tough games. They had a few days off, and sometimes it takes a little bit to get going, although the Penguins kind of had a sluggish start, and then they turned it on full stride with 22 uh, shots on goal in that first period against Pekka Rene, who normally comes to P- PG Paints Arena and kind of dissipates into thin air. 0-6-0 in his career heading into that game last night with a 5-15 goals against a really bad 8-22 save percentage. But last night, I think originally he wasn't even supposed to go. He'd come off a bad effort. It was UC Saros, who's played before against the Penguins, but he came up six, so Pekka Rene went in, and he was outstanding. The number one star, 42 saves out of 43 shots. Um, and the Penguins have struggled regardless who the goaltender is of late, and in their last 14 games is seven goals. 3-2-2 two, and two during that time. So the key last night, if you watched the game, they had great chances. I believe 15 shots on goal during their power plays. But they went 0-4 uh, for 4 on the power play. Nashville scored on their first one, and that was difficult to come back from as the Penguins had great chances, specifically Jake Gensel, but he couldn't beat Pekka Rene. So the Penguins drop a game, and that means they still are in third place. And most likely will end up there. You only have four games left. The Capitals have 100 points. They're in first place. These were all 78 games played. The Islanders right behind them with 97. That's two better than the Penguins, and they own a tiebreaker over the Penguins too, so that's important to remember. Um, you have to you know, not only eclipse their total, but you got to do it because you don't win the tiebreaker. So most likely the first-round matchup as we sit here today is Pittsburgh at New York Islanders, which I won't mind, to be honest with you. It'll set up what you would expect. Pittsburgh-Washington round two for the fourth straight year, most likely. Carolina right now sits in the first wild card with 91 points. Again, though, they play today against Philly, so they could jump to 93. And if they should beat the Penguins tomorrow in a key game at 5 o'clock, they'll tie the Penguins. And again, they, too, have a tiebreaker advantage. Columbus is right behind them at 90. Washington's also 90. So the wild card, two out of three ain't bad, but two out of three are going to make it. One isn't. So one is bad. Will it be Carolina? Will it be Columbus? Will it be Montreal? And the second wild card must have the unenviable task of moving on to Tampa Bay, which sits atop easily uh, of the Atlantic. And Tampa Bay, by the way, will be in action today hosting Washington in what could be an Eastern Conference uh, preview, although I think the Penguins still have a lot to say for this. So we'll see how it goes. Four games left. The Penguins do have it a lot easier, you would think, at least schedule-wise, after tomorrow. They have back-to-backs home-and-home with Detroit and then end with the New York Rangers. Those teams have been stingy against other competition, and they could be a thorn in their side. So... 
Philadelphia today at Carolina. Montreal at Winnipeg. Washington at Tampa. Buffalo will be at the Islanders. So if the Islanders win, they'll move four ahead of the Penguins with a game in hand the Penguins would have. But still, that's a big deficit with only four games left. Columbus will be at Nashville, a team that won here last night and moved into a tie with Winnipeg, which lost to the Islanders. That's a nice win for uh, the Islanders on the road at Winnipeg. But the Penguins still are not getting enough production out of certain guys you'd expect it from. Malkin's been injured. They need him to get going. Phil Kessel has not scored in a long time. Um, he needs to get, he took a hit last night also, uh, which you don't normally see from him. Um, and, you know, they need guys to start clicking. They've gotten some production from some other people. You know, Crosby Gensel are going to give you what they give you. Uh, you would expect that. I think Jared McCann has been terrific. Uh, but they need other guys to step up. Ole Matta did return last night. That's a good thing. Um, and now we're waiting for the return of Chris Letang, which should be any day. He practiced yesterday. Malkin, both those guys should be ready to play us, and that's the good news. Even though we haven't heard that officially, uh, the Penguins are in a situation where they need as many points as they can get to avoid going on the road in the first round, if you're bothered by that. Some people aren't. I still would rather have home ice than not have home ice. I know the numbers don't necessarily at times you know, support that, but that's where you'd like to be. At least that's where I would like to be. 412-928-9370. That is the number to call. So we start with the Penguins. And, again, we're here at the beautiful new number one Cochrane Chevrolet. Uh, it's in Cranberry, right off the Evans City exit. You get off the exit, you make a left at the light, make another left, and you're, you're right on your left. So it's left, left, left. And you're here. You have some great savings. Uh, and say hello to the good people at number one Cochrane. They keep expanding, doing a great job. Uh, and Rob Cochran is very motivated to continue to do what he's been doing here in western Pennsylvania. I came back from the uh, owners' meetings in the NFL this week, spent uh, pretty much four or five days out there, talked to Mike Tomlin, talked to Kevin Colbert, talked to Art Rooney, talked to a lot of people. What I didn't see happening was a couple of the rule changes that we've seen. And if you'd like, I'd also like to get your thought on that at 412-928-9370. You could also tweet me at KDPump. Four that stood out to me. I mean, the biggest one, no question, uh, is going to be pass interference calls. Uh, now, all of a sudden, you can do it. The only guy who voted against this was Mike Brown. He may have a point here, actually, because once you open Pandora's box here on pass interference, flag or no flag, and this was clearly in you know, reaction to what happened in New Orleans, although New Orleans benefited from the same no uh, call that actually was a call against Joe Hayden. It was a it was a pass interference, which wasn't. Both of those could have been, uh, and I give Sean Payton credit because I heard some of the meeting in there, and he did talk about that game against the Steelers. A lot of people out there don't think he did, but he did. He mentioned the fact that, hey, the Steelers were in the same boat, and quite frankly, the Saints got home field because of that call against Joe Hayden. That was the wrong call. But if we're to start doing this, and it won't stop here, now you're going to get holding calls that are going to be problematic you know you're going to all of a sudden find a holding call that denies you a chance at this a chance to get into the playoffs a chance to have home field and then next year at this time if someone's hot enough about it and can lobby hard against it you'll see change again and i think that was one of the reasons owners really kind of held back but the competition committee which includes mike tomlin 8-0 vote they wanted it coaches want this stuff now it doesn't increase your challenges you still only have two challenges, and if you uh, get both right, you get an extra one. Uh, so you, you still have to be very judicious about what you call and how you call it. I guess it's a good thing, 
but I can see the other side of it as well. What do you think about that? 412-928-9370. The other one that I find is interesting is that the NFL owners approved a role which would allow uh, teams to enforce celebration penalties, not just on the kickoff. Now, the rule had been if there's a penalty that is deemed egregious, even though they've allowed some growth there, then you put the 15 yards on a kickoff, which essentially means you're not going to get the ball at all. It's going to start on the 25. But now they've made an option. You can take it on the kickoff, or you can apply it to the extra point for the team. So up and now, until now, it was enforced on the ensuing kickoff. So now you add 15 yards to an extra point. That essentially makes it a 48-yard extra point, which the way kickers have struggled over the last two years, you wonder if that's that's a difficult penalty. So if I was a coach, I'd say, hey, guys, you're allowed to celebrate a little bit, but you better not go to the point where it costs us 15 yards. And if you're Antonio Brown, you'll do it anyway. But the bottom line is that's going to change a lot of what happens, I would think, you would hope, when it comes to long, egregious celebrations. We haven't seen too many of those since they've allowed players to have more you know, freedom with that stuff, but we'll see if it means anything. The one thing that a lot of people wanted to see get through did not, it was voted down, was Denver Bronco proposal, which was 4th and 15 instead of an onside kick. That did not get enough votes, so that won't be the case. A lot of people thought it was gimmicky. I didn't. I thought I'd like that rule. Onside kick, and the reason I don't, I would have voted against this had the onside rule been the same. But they've changed the way you can line up on everything on kickoffs for safety. Safety, safety, safety. And as a result, you have virtually no chance of making that thing work. So this would be a better option. And if you have a problem with it, then you stop the team that has the 4th and 15 on the the kickoff. Anyway, that's something that I was a little disappointed in and through. The other change was NFL owners have decided to vote to eliminate blindslide blocks. The Heinz Ward play, those plays. Again, safety dictates everything that's going on here right now. So when you have safety, uh, the bottom line is you've got to go and apply it, and they're trying to apply it as best they can. So those, those plays like Heinz Ward on Rivers, the Cincinnati linebacker, remember that? Uh, no more. Those are penalized. Hey, Doc, hang on. I'm going to get your call. we got up against a break right now. It'll be our first caller here. Get your lines in. We have lines open for you at 412-928-9370. We're live here at number one Cochrane Chevrolet in Cranberry. Come on out. It's a spring for a new car event. And double down. Don't miss your last chance to get some special savings on Chevy lease offers and buy offers, plus 1000 over KBB for your trade. Doc is coming up next. Get your calls in right now. 412-928-9370. We're on the road again here in Cranberry. Back right after this.